The following is a paid program. The content has been provided by Carter Mansback. WMEN and staff management and ownership are not responsible for the content. Some of the opinions and endorsements provided herein were in exchange for compensation from Carter Mansback. The information provided during the show is intended for general information purposes only. It is not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations for any individual. It is suggested that you consult with your tax, legal, and or financial services professional regarding your individual situation. The views expressed may not necessarily reflect those of Investicorp Incorporated. This is Word on the Street with Carter Mansback. Good morning. Good morning, South Florida. Good morning, anyone else who's uh, maybe listening online. I'm using Periscope today at Carter Mansback. I am trying to use Facebook Live, but it's not cooperating. So let's just move forward. So let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, again, my name is Carter Mansback. My firm is called Jupiter Wealth Strategies. Uh, if you're hearing me for the first time, let me get right to my mindset, my philosophy, and what we're going to do today. So first of all, I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to sell you annuities. I'm not here to tell you the market's going to crash. I'm here to more educate you and explain to you that worth has been built in the stock market for many, many years. People have made millions in the market. People have lost millions in the market. But it's there for opportunity. And I'm here to tell you what I do, how I do what I do, and really uh, show you a philosophy of the market that's rare in this day and age because, really, most of the time the market is, uh, is now run by computers, run by people who have tea times. You know, you go, you go into a big firm. They say, hey, man, uh, let me have your age and when you want to retire. And then they tell you they, they print out a piece of paper from you that was generated from a computer. And next thing you know, boom, they have a tea time and you have a financial plan. That's not what I do. That's not what we do at Jupiter Wealth Strategies. So basically what we do is we focus on individual stocks. There's a place for mutual funds. That place is in your 401k. That fa place is in your 529 college plan. Outside of that, the way to make money in the market is really looking at individual names. So we have two things that we really focus on. I'll touch on the large cap uh, philosophy first, then we'll talk about the growth portfolio. Large cap, really what I'm looking to do there, I'm looking for yields in the 4% range. If I could get 6% on the stock growth, I make 10% for the year, I'm happy. So just like take a company like Verizon, Pfizer, uh, Cisco, yielding 4%, you get 6% in growth for the year, you make 10%, you're happy. Uh, on, the, on the growth side, that's my specialty. That's what I focus on. And I'm going to say right off the bat that when you're investing in small cap, mid cap companies, there is volatility. There will be ups and downs. I like to equate it to a teenager. You know, your teenage son, he's 16 years old. He comes home with straight A's. The next day, he crashes his car into a pole because he's young. He's crazy. He's trying to figure himself out. And you're hoping that he grows up to be a, a good young man and uh, eventually grows up to be a, a very good man, adult. And that's what we do. We invest in smaller cap, mid-cap companies. We, we know that there's going to be volatility. We know that there's going to be ups and downs. But if you see the vision for the long term, that's how you make your money. That's how you, you're able to retire early, and you're able to really increase your net worth and let your money you know, work for you. So again, I'm not an annuity guy. I'm not a guy who's going to come on and be like, the market's crashing next week. Get out, get out. That's not what I'm here for. I will guide you through the market, and I will tell you what I think about the market overall. Uh, as for buying stocks, again, 
there's a lot of different you know philosophies you could use charts you could you could use fundamentals i use a lot of both you know i believe that a chart is sort of like you know you're a 45 year old man you look healthy but you don't know how healthy you are until you go to the doctor and they check your blood and check your heart and that's what a chart is about fundamentals are very important you know how the company's doing what's their cash flow are they making money that's all important but what are we really investing in we're not investing in what the current numbers are we're investing in the future. So when you were buying, if you're buying Apple today, expecting Apple to grow dramatically, it's not going to. Apple's amazing, but it's so big that if the company actually cured cancer, the stock probably, the company wouldn't grow that dramatically. Actually, Apple's revenues were down 13% last quarter. Not because they suck, but because everyone has an Apple and everyone has an iPhone and an iPad. And you know, there, there's a lot of reasons. There's competition, but the point is, is this is a company that's gone a, a, a really far way. So. You know, people say to me, I want to invest in Apple. And, you know, when to in when to had invest in Apple was when the best time was when it sucked and everyone was thinking they were going out of business. If you invested in 01, the stock was two bucks. And I'm not going to tell you stories of how much money you could have made because that's neither here nor there and it doesn't help anybody. We're going to talk about the future because, frankly, what a company's doing right this moment is important. What the company did the last five years means absolutely nothing. What the company's going to do is what it's all about. So where I differentiate myself from everyone else in, that I know in this business is outside of reading fundamentals, because everybody could look at a, an annual report, everyone could look at a 10K, everyone could look at a chart. It's really what's coming, and how do you figure out what's coming? How do you know what the future holds for a company? It's called homework. It's called research. It's called calling the companies, getting to know the management, knowing what makes them tick, knowing what, 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 the, what they're looking to do, what the future is, what, what's the next step. You know, when you speak to a company, you say to them, you know, what's the catalyst? What are you looking to do, not just the next two weeks, but the next two, three, five years? Then you can get an understanding. And then you have to do even more digging. And this is what I do. And this is what all these people that play at home that lose a lot of money in the market – uh, you know, the, these are people that have the, have the problem of not knowing or not having the time to really research. So what I do is not only do I call the company as a financial advisor, I also call the competitors. I call employees of the company. I ask them how are things, how's sales. I call the sales department, sometimes making believe that I want to buy something just to get an understanding of what they're doing, okay? It's, it's a process, and it's a process that's tedious, it's not always foolproof, but it really gives me an advantage above and beyond other things. Other things that I do is I look at Twitter and I look at Facebook and I look at employees and what they're posting and their sentiment. There's also a company called Glassdoor, and I'm not going to give away all my trade secrets, but Glassdoor is a website that tells you uh, it could you know you get a job on Glassdoor, but it also tells you what the employees feel about where they work, how they feel about their CEO. And you get a good vibe for usually if employees are happy, the company's doing well, the stock tends to do well. So it's one of the things that I look at. You know, what we're going to discuss later, later on today is we're going to look at, I'm going to discuss the market overall. Last time I was on, we talked about Brexit. It was two weeks ago. We took off for the 4th of July weekend. But Brexit, the market was down huge. Okay, it was down, you know, 600 points going into the show. Everyone was like, this is the end. CNBC had special reports. We're going to crash. And I told everyone, go shopping. Get out your list. Find companies you love. The market dropped almost 1,000 points. And now it's 
above it's up about 1200 points from the bottom and there was opportunity everywhere and instead you know cnbc and all these talking heads are always in fear and i say buy when your people are fearful and sell when everyone's excited like right now people are very excited i would trim a little bit but when people are fearful that's the opportunity to make money that's the time that's the opportunity to buy stocks so you know what we're going to discuss later on i'm going to talk about a couple of individual names i want to talk a lot about earnings season uh, because it's very important. I want to talk about what happened Friday with the jobs number that made the market jump. But I really want to give you guys a humanistic view of what this market's all about. You know, how I go about going, you know, getting into investments because it takes time. It could take anywhere from 30 to 60 days for me to actually pull the trigger after I find a company that I think is worthy because I really do want to kick the tires. Sometimes I'll even get on a plane like I did with Twitter about a month ago. I went to their annual meeting, met with a couple of people in management. I will go out and meet the company, kick the tires, walk around and talk to employees just to get a better understanding. And understand, this is not a new philosophy. It's actually the philosophy that, that was implored in the stock market probably for the first 100 years until computers came about. And when computers came about, that's when I, that's when I would like to, you know, that's when I thought, that's when I think that it all changed. And I think the change in it Okay, and I think when that's when the change in it really became, uh, you know, interesting. And I think that's when it cha it changed the philosophy of people really not doing their homework. They're just leaning on computers, and computers don't understand emotions, and computers don't understand, uh, you know, reading reading the, you know talking to him no computer is going to speak to a ceo or cfo about what's going on in a company no no computer is going to call the competitors call the um the the, the distributors call like for example there's a company called mobileye which we'll talk about in detail recently when when i first started doing research i called car dealers to ask them car companies to ask them about mobileye and that's the dig that's the digging that i do now what I, the types of stocks that I'm buying, the small and mid-cap, and clearly these are not micro-cap penny stocks. These are, you know, companies that do anywhere from 300 million to 25 billion in business. I look at up-and-coming companies. I like companies that are relatively new to the market or companies that have been great for the last couple of years, and then all of a sudden they fall on hard times. The stocks suck. Just like people, you know, the market, they, the stocks, they fall on hard times. They get out of favor. The stocks get crushed, and opportunity arises. And, you and sometimes there's new management that comes in, which is exciting. Sometimes you get a new lease on life. A new management comes in. They, they, they get people excited, and they get the company right back on track. And I've seen it so many times where stocks have been absolutely horrendous, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have the scenario where, the, a new management comes in, and you know you're up and running. So, quick on the market, I'll give you a quick review on the market. Basically, the market's getting closer. I think it's about one percent away from all-time highs. After just two weeks ago, you know we we were down a thousand points. People don't understand why the market's at near all-time highs, and I think I'll just put it to you this way: the economy, while it's not strong, it's getting better. Corporate balance sheets are strong. And I think it's very important to understand what that means because if you looked at the last crash that we had at 07, the corporate balance sheets were shaky. They were messy. They had, they had issues. 
Uh, they because everything was loose and and people were excited and they weren't concerned. The administration was different. Now people are afraid of the administration. People are afraid of what they experience. You know, the largest companies in the world in 08, 07, 08, their, their stocks went down 70, 80 percent. So what they do in the last five years is they got lean and mean. They fired people. They they raised cash. And if you look at the balance sheets of the major corporations, especially the Fortune 500 companies, they're incredible. So you have that going for you. You have the the interest rates being extremely low, so borrowing is easy. And, you know, we're growing. We're not growing like we were, but from where we were, I think that it's important to realize that we've come a really, really long way. And while it's not pristine and it's not the perfect scenario, it's definitely a hell of a lot better than it was, you know, look going back in 07, 08, 09. And I think that, you know, you have to really – you know, do your homework because the market's had a great run. There's opportunity to sell some things. And wh what I really think uh, is that what I'm seeing and what I love, because this is my area of focus, is for the last year, year and a half, the market's been more about needs than wants. And what I mean is the needs are toilet paper, prescription drugs, soap, uh, things of that nature. So the, the the needs have been in favor. So the the, the pharmaceuticals have been strong. The uh, consumer staples have been strong. Weak. So you look at what do people want? They want a Tesla. They want an iPhone. They want you know things that cost money. And those wants have been out of favor. The last week, I've noticed for the first time in quite a while uh, that this opportunity is start the market starting to move back to growth. And that's really important, especially for what I do and the money that I manage. So if you want to listen online, if, you, if you're watching me on Periscope or on Facebook Live or you just you want to listen on the radio, uh, it's 640sports.com, 640sports.com. I'm also streaming live on Periscope at Carter Mansback. Facebook Live isn't working. I'll work on that for next week. Uh, when we come back. We're going to talk about earnings season because it's really, really important. I have a new stock that I'm researching, and it's, it's a dog. Stock's been crushed, but I'm seeing it everywhere, and I'm seeing new products. So we're, when we come back, we'll, we're going to talk about the market. We're going to talk about earnings season. We're going to talk about individual stocks, stocks in the news like Twitter, Tesla, Juno Therapeutics, a few others. I have some questions from, from the Internet. And I will be also taking your calls, uh, and, when we, and I'll give you the number out when we get back. So uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Word on the Street with Carter Mansback. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It is an up-at-dawn, pride-swallowing siege that I will never fully tell you about, okay? Help me. Help me. Help me, help you, help me, help you. So we're back here. So if you're uh, if you're just tuning in, whether you're driving around very hot, sunny Florida or you're anywhere else in the world, Nebraska, Chicago, uh, Kazakhstan, see people on my Periscope feed all over the world watching, which is so cool. Uh, my name is Carter Mansback. I'm with Jupiter Wealth Strategies. Uh, just to give you a quick note of who I am, because you're joining, maybe you're just tuning in. I'm a financial advisor. 
I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to sell you annuities. I'm not here to tell you that the stock market sucks and it's going to crash tomorrow. I'm here to educate you. I'm here to show you what I do. And ultimately, I'm looking for you to call me to do business with me because I manage money for a living. So we were talking before the break about the market. I have uh, new stock ideas coming up. That I'm gonna, one new stock idea that I'm just starting to delve into and you know look into that I'm very interested in. Uh, I have um, I'm going to talk about the market. We're also opening up the lines for phone calls. If you'd like to call in, if you're driving around and you have some anxiety or excitement about a stock that you own and you want to discuss it, the number is eight four four six four zero sixty four sixty four. That's eight four four. 640-6464. I have a bunch of questions from the internet that I'm going to have to get to. So let's talk about earnings season. So earnings season is, be, is, is upon us. And earnings season is, if you're a stock guy, financial advisor who invests in individual stocks, it is probably the most stressful time. The moment when the market closes and you're sitting there for 15 minutes waiting for your stock to come out with earnings is such a level of anxiety. You're maybe buy a bottle of scotch and put it next to you and wait because it's really the report card for the for the for the for the stocks you know your kids come home they have a report card this is the report card for the individual stocks that you own and what's crazy about investing in stocks is companies come out with earnings and the earnings could be stellar and the stock goes down they could have the perfect earnings, and the stock goes down 10%. Why? Because maybe some, you know, analysts had a better, uh, you know, thought it would do better, or it was priced. And sometimes the stock is up 20% going into earnings. They come out with earnings, they're good, but they're not good enough. So th there's also there's three things that I call the triple header to have the perfect earnings call and the perfect opportunity to make money. And the triple header is company comes out with earnings, they beat Wall Street's expectations for the current quarter. They raise expectations for the next quarter, and then they raise expectations for the future year. And to get that triple header, most of the time, your stock's going to do well. However, sometimes you get that triple header and the stock goes down. But for the most part, you, earnings is a very stressful time, but it's coming. And what's scary about it or disgusting about it that I don't like is the market is near the highs of the year going into earnings and in a time where things are crazy and europe's a mess and china's a problem i don't like going into earnings season with the market near the highs i'd rather it at the lows uh, but that being said you have to really look at your individual names some people don't like to hold through earnings i i often will trade stocks in between earnings so a stock will come out with earnings they'll be amazing this the earnings will be amazing the stock will go down uh, and then you and then you have the opportunity to buy it for that 90 days before the report card comes out and maybe make you know trade it make 10 15 20 percent I'm not necessarily a trader I do trade from time to time but it's a really nice way to invest in the market without having to deal with the stress of, of earnings also you could hedge your portfolio so you own a stock and it's coming out with earnings you could you could sell options or do options against it. I'm not going to get into options here but you can hedge. Um, but that being said, earnings season is going to kick off next week. It usually kicks off with Alcoa. Know when your companies are coming out with earnings. And if your stock has had a massive move to the upside going into earnings and you're very profitable, take some money off the table. Let's say you bought a stock at 15 and it's now 20. Earnings are coming out the next day. 
sell a third, sell half. Worst comes to worst, you, the stock goes from 20 to 23. You still have half, or it goes from 20 to 17. You buy that half back, assuming that everything's good. And that's you know that's a that's a very smart approach to the market. Um, but what I will say is, people are scared of earnings, but earnings are what makes a company. You know, going back, and I talk about Facebook a lot. But when I bought Facebook back three years ago, it was actually three summers ago that this all went down. I bought the stock at 27. It went to 17. And the stock, uh, my clients were miserable. Everyone was thinking I was wrong. And then, and I, I was just telling everyone to, you know, back up the truck, go inside your mattress, find money and buy the stock. And then one quarter, it was the summer of uh, 13, one quarter changed everything. Stock went from... Uh, 23 to 35 in a day, and that was it. And Facebook continued along, not straight up, but to over $100 a share. So when earnings work and revenues work, that's when a company really thrives. And it's important to realize that it's not just about the current quarter. It's really more about the next quarter. And as I was saying earlier, I'm not looking at what's going on today as the most important thing and definitely not yesterday as the mo most important thing. I'm looking at what's coming. You know, like Wayne Gretzky said, you want to be where the puck is going, not where it's at. Okay, so when a company comes out with earnings, more important than the actual earnings for the moment is what's going to be. What do you see coming? And if the projections are strong, the stock tends to do very well. And, you know, there's always an, it's always an emotional thing. It's always a big – it's usually – it's the smaller cap the company, the bigger the move. Like when an IBM or, or you know, Disney comes out, you're not going to see a 15% move to the upside. When you, when you have a smaller cap, mid cap, the Twitters of the world, the Go-Go's of the world, uh, the Tasers of the world, and they come out with earnings, they move because there's so much expectation. There's so much – uh, there's so much um, fear and greed. And one of the things I like to say, and I don't, I've never said this on my show, but I'm always weary of a company that has news, especially really good news, within a day or two of earnings. When a company has great news right before they're going into earnings, I'm usually thinking to myself, something's not right and something's going to go wrong. So I'm going to give you out um, the phone number here again. Uh, again, no pressure, but it's cool if you guys call in. You know, people are texting me and tweeting me and Facebook messaging me. Uh, but I like it's cool to talk and hear people's emotions and what they think. So the number to call in, and it is toll-free, so it won't cost you anything. It's 844. That was a joke. I wasn't being sarcastic. But 844-640-6464. That's 844-640-6464. So if you're driving around in your car or you're sitting in your bed or you're having your morning coffee and you want to chat, give me a call. Okay. So moving forward, let's talk about uh, some stocks in the news. Okay. Uh, first two stocks in the news, and I'll touch on this briefly, are Taser and Smith & Wesson. Fair disclosure, I did buy Smith & Wesson. I sold Smith & Wesson recently, unfortunately, because I didn't like the numbers that had come out. But Smith & Wesson and Taser have had a good move because of all the insanity that's going on in this world. I, you know, it's a, is it a momentary thing that we should invest in a gun company because a, a, a two cops killed um, civilians and then a civilian killed cops? 
I think Taser's probably the more interesting of the two because when you look at one of the murders, where one of the murders, I shouldn't say murders, but one of the killings, the cop was on, the two cops were on top of the guy and he allegedly re reached for a gun. I, I can't understand why they didn't taser him. So I think Taser is a better argument if you want to buy stocks. But again, understand, Taser's gone from 17 to 27 in the last couple of months. On Friday, it was up, um, I guess not, it was up 6%. So I'm not a chaser. I like when stocks chill out and pull back, and maybe a month from now when everyone forgets and so things aren't as crazy. Taser's an interesting company. They're growing 24% year over year. They also have the cameras that are attached to co to police officers. That's interesting. Smith & Wesson I'm less interested in because the outcome of this election is going to be the outcome of how well gun sales do. I'm not going to get into this whole thing that's going on. It's disgusting. I I, you know, I have some real strong opinions on it, but that's not what we're here for. The next company I want to talk about is Tesla. So I'll touch on Tesla quickly. Tesla is making a car like a lot of these companies that drive themselves. Allegedly, one or two people died. Here's my, here's my thought on Tesla. I was looking at Tesla when it was $30 a share. I never bought it. Okay, I always felt that it wouldn't work. I was very wrong. Tesla's amazing. Elon Musk is brilliant. But I have no interest in Tesla at this point. The stock's gone, you know, from 30 to to almost 270. It's now 216. They're buying out. Uh, they're trying to buy out their Solar City, which which is a mess. And I just really don't like it. You know, I, I don't like. I don't like the fact that this was a company when I first found it was growing 80% year over year. It's now growing 22% year over year. And I'm just not interested. Tesla doesn't do it for me, but it has been in the news, so I wanted to mention it. Uh, what else is in the news? Twitter. So as anyone who's listened to me, who follows me, I, I, I am invested in Twitter. Uh, I've been involved with the company for quite a while. It's been a very difficult investment. The stock's been... Very volatile, more down than up. There's been management changes. There's been problems with growth. But what, the reason Twitter has been in the news and what's exciting is Twitter signed a deal a couple of months ago with the NFL. And what they're going to be doing is they're going to be streaming. They're going to be streaming uh, the NFL on on Twitter. So Thursday night games, you're going to be able to fully watch Twitter fully watch the NFL. People say, why would I watch the NFL on Twitter? And the reason you'll watch the NFL on Twitter is because either you're a millennial, the cord cutter generation that doesn't have television, that's sitting in their house and they can't watch the game and they're playing fantasy football, and uh, they have the um, they have the ability to, you know, they have the ability to just hop on Twitter and watch it. And also there's people who leave their house and they want to keep up with the game and they don't have the TV so they hop on Twitter. Also there are people in other countries that love the National Football League and have the abil ability to watch the games. So they did like a sneak peek this week at Wimbledon. They only showed a little bit of the matches, but they showed um they showed, you know, uh ESPN coverage and it was beautiful. The video was perfect and it, it was a sneak peek to what could come so then friday the stock was up i think about four and a half five percent because recode announced that twitter is going is in negotiations and talks with cable companies as well as other sporting events so think about it like this you're you're a soccer fan or you're 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 going into the olympics and the olympics you're at work and you want to watch the javelin throw for some insane reason. Or you're into gymnastics or you're into volleyball or whatever. 
you can hop on Twitter and watch it. And it's it's an incredible medium for you to be able to do that. Twitter has been growing about 40% year over year. So the growth is strong. There's no question about that. Um, but the MAU growth, which is their monthly active user, has stagnated. And they need some type of hook, some type of angle that's going to allow them to really grow and have new people come to the site. I, I'm, a per, I'm personally a user of Twitter, an avid user of Twitter. I wake up in the morning, I'm on Twitter, I use it throughout the day, I go to sleep, I look at it before I go to sleep. I knew what was going on in Dallas about 15 minutes before CNN did. I like to know what's up. I like to know that I knew about Kevin Durant as soon as it happened. As soon as the first person knew about it, I saw it on Twitter. And to me, that's powerful. And in a day and age like right now where it's really, really important to uh, to be to know what the hell's going on in the world, Twitter is an amazing place to be. Facebook is as well, and they both have their pieces. But when you get when you're trying to scroll through on Facebook, videos of of puppies chasing their mom or people's kids eating ice cream for the first time or whatever, you're not in the mix. And Twitter keeps you in the mix. And I'm telling you, the people that are on Twitter, to me, it's like a cult following. It's sort of like Apple in the early 2000s. The people who are on Twitter, they understand what I'm saying, how incredible the network is and how powerful it is on a daily basis. And also the ability to reach out to people and communicate with people. I've spoken to CEOs, CFOs. I've had communications with with celebrities, athletes, actors. So bottom line is I brought up Twitter because I am long the stock. I do own the stock. I do believe that the company long term uh, has great potential. I'm not recommending it because to people listening because I don't know your um, time horizon. I don't know your you know, your ability to take on risk. You could call me at my office if you'd like to discuss it. My office number is 561-290-9400. You could also find me on Twitter. So when we come back, I'm going to take the questions from the Internet. Uh, and if anyone decides to call in, they could call in. Uh, I'm going to take questions. I have four or five stocks of people asking me questions. Also, I have a new stock that I have not bought yet that I'm just kicking the tires on that uh, we will discuss. So stay with us, and we will be back right after these words. Welcome back to Word on the Street with Carter Mansback. <laughs> driving in your car. My name is Carter Mansback. I'm with Jupiter Wealth Strategies. We're talking about the market. We're not talking about annuities. We're not talking about that the market's going to crash tomorrow and you have to sell everything and you need to sign up for a, a, a dinner so I could tell you about the market crashing or you're coming to a course about how I could teach you how to trade options. I am here to talk to you about individual stocks, the stock market, what I do. So what I do basically is I invest in individual companies for the most part. I do 401ks, 529, college plans and all that. But my focus is really in up and coming growth companies. And um, I do very deep 
digging of research. I meet the companies. I kick the tires. This is just for anyone who's joining me new. I, um, I'm taking calls. Feel free to ask me absolutely anything about the market, individual stocks. The number here is 844 640-6464-844-640-6464. I have a bunch of questions from the internet, um, from Twitter, from Facebook, and I'm going to do my best to, and actually one from LinkedIn. Let me, let me answer the LinkedIn question first because it may be the most difficult for me to, eh, it may, a little difficult for me to discuss. So from LinkedIn, I have a question uh, from a nice Jewish boy last name Cohen, asking me about Activision. So Activision publishes interactive entertainment software and products for consoles, handheld devices, better known as video games. So I've been playing Activision video games for a very long time. Uh, what do I think about the stock? It's strong. It looks like it's actually at an all-time high. Yep, it's the highest it's ever been. So I'm not a guy who buys stocks at the highest it's ever been. Activision's a very, very good company. Uh, video game business is strong. It's changing. It's going virtual reality. Activision has some of the top-selling games. NBA, I believe they have NBA 2K. Uh, they have a lot of the fighting games. I do, do want to say on a side note it, that I have to see there's a parallel between fighting games over the last decade and mass murders in the world. And all I'm saying is kids spending, you know, 20 hours uh, or five hours a night, seven hours a night shooting people probably makes them a little more comfortable to go out and shoot people. I may be way off on it, but it's just a thought that I had. So that's my thoughts on Activision. I don't have a lot to say about it because it's not a massive growth company anymore. They're doing about $1.5 a quarter. I remember when they were doing $200 million back in the day. I mean, if you go back in time on this stock, this was a six adjusted for splits. This was a dollar stock. It's now $41. i am not, I'm not excited about it. If I owned it, I'd hold it, but I'm not really into it. Uh, I, I'm going to touch on uh, cybersecurity because I had two questions, both about cybersecurity. So about two and a half years ago, cybersecurity was all the rage. People, companies were getting hacked. Anthem, the, one of the largest pharmaceutical outfits, got hacked. Target got hacked. And these stocks went ballistic. You look at a company like FireEye, uh, the company came public back in October of 13. Let's say it came public around, I want to say like 18. Stock went to 100 and now it's 16. So it had an amazing run, and everyone was excited. Everybody wanted to be in cybersecurity. And then competition came in, and the froth came off, and the stock got crushed. So I like FireEye. FireEye is growing at 34% year over year. The, uh, the, company, um, the, company came, the company has been sort of flatlining for about 8 to 10 months uh, there's, there was a lot of issues with them. The CEO sold stock near 100. People were pissed. But the main thing is the market has not been rewarding companies that don't make a profit. And my thought on it is companies. it takes companies years to make a profit. And if you buy a company before it's profitable and ride it out until it's profitable, that's how you make a ton of money. And I'm not telling you to buy un, un, companies that are not profitable. I'm just saying... You know, profitability is on the horizon for FireEye. They say in the next 12 months they will be profitable. There's also been a ton of takeovers in the industry. There were actually two buyouts uh, in the last month. One was a private company called Blue Coat Systems, and then AVG Networks, 
symbol AVG got bought out on this week. It was up uh, th 31% on the takeover. So if you bought the stock, you made 30% in a short period of time. So the, that industry has that bid. Uh, last week, with last week with two in particular, there was a story that went around that they hired Morgan Stanley to sell the company. Now remember, it's sixteen dollars a share. From what they said, they were offered to be bought by numerous companies, but FireEye would not take less than thirteen dollars than thirty dollars a share. And again, the stock is um, sixteen. So you know. If, if that's the case, maybe they were offered 22, 25. I mean, that's still a 50% gain from here. I like FireEye. I like cybersecurity. So someone asked me as well about Palo Alto Networks. Now, there are old, stodgy cybersecurity companies like Symantec that you put on your computer that have been around forever. Palo Alto was the hot shot, exciting one that came out uh, a few years ago. Uh, the stock went uh, came public. I, I can't tell the public the IPO price, but I want to say it was around, let's just call it 40. It went to 70. It went down to 40. There was a big lawsuit. I was involved with the stock at that point. I didn't hold it long enough. The stock proceeded to go to $200 a share. It's now 125 Now, don't get shy, don't shy away from a stock because it's 100 bucks. Because remember, if you put 10 grand into a stock and it goes up 10%, you make a thousand bucks. It doesn't matter if stocks a penny, ten dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. You look at companies like Amazon. I don't want to buy it at a hundred bucks. The stock is seven hundred dollars. So it doesn't matter what the price of the stock is. An appreciation is an appreciation. Okay, and that's the bottom line. Stock goes up, you make money. So Pal the reason I say that is I haven't looked at Palo Alto Networks in quite a while. Palo Alto Networks is the best of breed when it comes to cybersecurity. The stock uh, on Friday had a nice day. Someone asked why. The market had a great day, and the small cap stocks had a great day. Listen, I'm telling you what I'm seeing in the market is for the first, understand the Russell 2000 is 2000 of the, the best, uh, not the best, but 2000 small cap companies. It has done nothing for two years, maybe two and a half years, which has hurt my business because I am in the small and mid cap arena. The large cap companies have led this market higher. Small cap companies have lagged. If I'm right, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a small cap resurgence. I'm seeing a small money going back into growth and that's a really good sign for the market in general and very good sign if you're investing in individual stocks so palo alto networks i like but to warn you on all the companies i'm talking about right now for the most part these companies are coming out with earnings in a couple of weeks so be careful you know because again you walk in, you buy, I mean, listen, I've been beat up on earnings as much as anybody because I'm in that arena of small and gr small aggressive growth companies and earnings are always a crapshoot. So, you know, Palo Alto comes out with earnings August 16th. So, you know, you have them over a month, but be careful. You know, Twitter comes out with earnings on the 26th. If you're buying the stock for the first time, be aware of that. Be cognizant of that. You know, figure out how you want to play that. If you want to wait till earnings come out, buy it because you see that it's good, or maybe the stock goes down and you buy it there. So Palo Alto Networks, I like cybersecurity. I think that, you know, there's a place for it. I think it's been out of favor for quite a while. Listen, cybersecurity is not going anywhere. You're going to continue to get hacked. Corporations are going to continue to get hacked. Uh, and, you know, companies have to protect themselves. The government government and entities they're spending billions of dollars to protect themselves so i like the sector a lot okay so someone the next stock is someone asked me about is uh twilio now twilio is a company that just came public 
I have done no research on the stock, but I'm going to guide you as to how I would handle it. If I bought this, if I got the stock at the IPO at 15, it's 35. I'm out. I sold it. No question about it. Double my money, more than double my money in this environment. I'm done. This is what I say about IPOs. When a company first comes public, it's like a horse being born. They, they're wobbly. You don't know if they're going to turn into a workhorse, a stallion, or they're going to have to be taken out back and shot, which is a lot of the companies that have come public over the last couple of years. Twilio, uh, the company revenues went from $33 million to $59 million last quarter. That's 78% growth, which is not massive growth in this day and age. Okay, I mean, in this day and age, in this uh, growth stage, when you're growing, if you're a 50 million, you, sh you could be growing at 250 percent like a lot of companies. Think about it like this. If the company, let's say they do 250 million in revenues this year, their market cap right now is three billion dollars. Okay. And, you know, to put it in perspective, some of the company, well, I, I, you know, some of the companies that we discussed, like, for example, FireEye. Okay. So FireEye, FireEye is going to do about 800 million in business and they have a market cap of 2.7 billion. This company is doing 250 million maybe and they have a 2.9 billion dollar business. Now, my my analogy is it's like taking Shaquille O'Neal at 17 years old, he's 6 foot 4, he weighs 80 pounds and people are betting that he's going to turn into this 300-pound amazing athlete. That's what people are betting on with Twilio. The other thing is, when a company first comes public, they don't know how to manage Wall Street. So they come out with earnings in a couple of months. They have no idea how to manage it because they haven't been managers of publicly traded companies, and they haven't been publicly traded companies. And more importantly, Wall Street doesn't know how to manage the expectations of the company to manage the expectations of the CEOs because they're so rel they're so new. Also, when a company comes public prior to their IPO, there are people that bought that stock at fifty cents, a dollar, two dollars when they were first starting out. Those people in the next six months are going to be able to sell that stock. So after a certain period, usually it's six months, they're able to sell stock and the stock gets crushed. So wait on Twilio. Let this thing settle out. Let it figure itself out. It will come back in. I mean, look at it like this. Came public at 15. It hit $41 a week ago. If you bought it, if you were that guy, let's say you put big money in, you bought 10,000 shares at 41, you invested $400,000, 410 grand, because you're like, ah, this is the next uh, Microsoft. So you bought it. Now you're down 60 grand in a week because you were chasing something that just came out. Calm down, let it settle. It'll figure itself out. Even if you have to pay for a higher down the road when they're a little more established. Or the other thing to think about is you decide I'm going to take a small position. Let's say you want to invest a hundred grand. You say you'll invest ten grand today, and then every couple of months when the stock takes a crap because it will, because all stocks suck at times, like all people suck at times. Stock will go down. You go in and you buy it, and you have the opportunity to pick away at it because you think it's going to be the next uh, major thing, okay? Yeah, F Fitbit is a great example. Someone just mentioned on, on um, my Periscope feed, Fitbit is a perfect example. Company comes public, holy crap, they're going to solve people's health problems, everyone's going to be skinny because they're wearing a doofy plastic watch that tells them how many, when they take 10,000 steps. The stock goes from, I don't know, yeah, the IPO is at 20, it goes to 50, it's now 13. I mean, look, 
there was money to be made. There's no question on that stock. And I actually did make money on, on Fitbit. Haven't looked at it since. And I don't want to get into Fitbit right now. My point is, when these companies come public, there's no need to chase them. Okay? No need to chase them. They will settle down. They're so young and so so conf such a confusing time for Wall Street's perspective of it, for the, the, the company—very few stocks. No, actually, no stocks ever in my career have I seen go straight up, ever. They always come in. That's why two weeks ago when I was on the radio and the market was beginning this drop of 1,000 points, it was down 600 points that Friday, and I was on on Saturday, and I said, get out your shopping list. Go shopping. Look for opportunities. Find companies that you love. Don't be so scared. Everyone's scared. Everyone's always frightened. Until now, this fear with the market closer to newer highs, highs for the year, everyone has a different fear. Their fear is they're going to miss out. So two weeks ago, they were fearful that they were going to lose all their money, and now they're fearful they're going to miss out. Those people that are fearful they're going to miss out and they buy after a 1,000-point move, those are the guys that got hurt. It's the oldest game in the book. It's the railroad generation. It's the Kukinoff when, when they were making flowers for the king and all of a sudden everyone was investing in flowers and it became the hottest thing in the world and it was just freaking flowers and people lost all their money. That was the first bubble, by the way, in history. Uh, and then the railroads. But my point is, is that don't chase. Never chase. Never chase companies. Never chase women. Never chase men. Never chase stocks because there's always opportunity. If not opportunity in that stock, there's 10,000 publicly traded companies that give you the opportunity to invest in. Okay, So uh, now I'm going to talk about my new idea. Now I'm going to take clearly. I'm not recommending it. I personally have not bought a share. I also have not uh, bought a share for my clients. But I'm interested. Now, one of the things about doing what I do as a financial advisor who invests in stocks, I'm always looking at everyone and everything. I'm looking at people's shoes. I'm looking at people's clothes. I looked at a woman walk into Starbucks seven years ago wearing these, let's say, sexy, tight yoga pants. I go to the woman, what are you wearing? She's like, creep, why are you asking me that? And I was like, I want to know what pants you have on. And she said, Lululemon. I told her why. And I invested in Lululemon and made a lot of money. So the company that I'm looking at is, is uh, Verifone. And I will be brief because we have to wrap up the show. Um, it should be more time, no? Yeah, three minutes? Yeah. All right. So Verifone, uh, symbol is P-A-Y. The stock has sucked for a very long time, right up my alley, companies that suck. The stock's high all time is 50. It's now 18. The stock was as high as 40. A year ago. So it's lost about 60% of its value. Verifone provides point-to-sale electronic payment process. Debit cards, credit cards. You see them everywhere. Here's why I like Verifone. Number one, they're growing 7% year over year, which is not amazing. But the company's doing $2 billion in revenues. Their market cap is $2 billion. So they're trading at sales, which is attractive. Most importantly, and I'll wrap this up because I want to close with you guys calling me and doing business with me. Verifone, I'm seeing two things. Number one, I understand this competition with Square and Pay and all that crap. But Verifone is also in going to incorporate things like Apple Pay. But here's what I see. Every Starbucks that I've been in, and it's about a half a dozen in the last month, has brand new machines 
historically, you go into Starbucks and you want to pay with your credit card. They took your card and slid it. Now there's Verifone there, okay? All of them. And think about how many freaking Starbucks there are. And I'm not telling you to buy Verifone for the next two years. The stock goes from 18 and a half to 25 or 22. I'm happy. We make money. We get out. The other thing is at the gas stations, no one's paying with Square at the gas stations or at Starbucks. At Starbucks, at the gas station, I'm seeing these Verifone machines with quality video of commercials and Jimmy Fallon and all this. And I'm called the company trying to find out if there's monetization there. So I'm digging around into it. I'm interested in it. I'm open-minded to it. And I'll touch base with you guys again down the road if I do decide to buy it. So let's wrap up the show like this, okay? We went through the market. We talked about uh, earnings season, how you have to be careful, how you have to be fearful. We talked about the fact that the markets run over 1,100 points in a week and a half. Be careful. Don't chase. There will be opportunity. We talked about stocks in the news, Juno, Tesla, Twitter. We talked about stocks that people called in on or texted in or tweeted in, Mobileye. We didn't talk about Mobileye. Ah, we'll do that next time. FireEye, Activision, Twilio, Palo Alto. So in closing, my name is Carter Mansback. I manage money for a living. I could be reached at 561-290-9400. I would love to have the opportunity to look at your portfolio, get into my philosophy a little bit more, and do business with you. I could also be reached at Carter at JupiterWS.com and on Twitter at Carter Mansback. Uh, enjoy your weekends. It's a beautiful day here in sunny Florida. It was really a great hour. went by fast. I appreciate everyone who interacted with me on social media. Again, my name is Carter Mansback with Jupiter Wealth Strategies. I will speak to you guys in about a week. Have a great day.